Hallmarkies podcast. I'm really excited today. We have a very special author today. I love talking to writers and we have the queen of Hallmark writers today. We have Debbie May Converse here and this is so exciting. I'm from Rachel Wagner and thank you so much Debbie for coming on the podcast. Oh it is my pleasure. Yeah this is such a thrill to get to talk with you and and uh, I, my sister is a author, and uh, so it's really cool for me to get to talk to other authors and get to hear from their experience and and uh, and how they how they were able to uh, write stories and become successful. And so this is a thrill for me. And uh, so let's just start off by talking about this crazy time of quarantine and how have you been coping? How you been doing? Uh, during these last few months? Well, I think like everybody else, being home has been quite the challenge. <laughs> Although I have to say, I, I really had, I, this is the most time I've ever spent with my husband. <laughs> yeah. you know? And yeah. it hasn't yeah. been bad. You That's know? good. We kind of had some fun together, which is great. Yeah. So I've been uh, outside gardening. Him and I take a walk every afternoon or just right before lunch now. And uh, I've got a little garden planted, and I've been doing a lot of knitting, a lot, of, a lot of reading, a lot of cooking. Oh my goodness, I've gained ten pounds. Oh no! Because <laughs> I've been making bread. I'm never home like this, you know. So I'm bread and cookies and pies. So um, you know, all my passions. I'm just you know dived headfirst into. Yeah. Of course, writing too. So yeah, because you have a cookbook, right? Three. Three cookbooks. Yes. Oh my goodness. Until I always knew being a frequent eater was going to pay off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you have really dove into to quarantine baking like the rest yes. of us. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> what you, what's your, what's your specialty? What's, what's, what are you known for? Oh, probably um, pies. I really pies. like to make pies and our neighbor is, we have such a wonderful neighbor here that I always make sure that uh, they get uh, at least half the pie. Mm. But I've really been into bread baking too. Oh. So I couldn't, I couldn't find yeast for a long time. So I just ordered it in the big one pound box <laughs> <laughs> and then parceled it out to friends who couldn't find yeast. Yeah. Yeah. It was tricky for a little while there. You couldn't get you couldn't get yeast. You couldn't get uh, you couldn't get flour. You couldn't get rice. Was hard to find. Yeah. Uh, so it was toilet paper, of course. Everybody remembers that. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you use butter when you make your pie dough or shortening? Okay, confession time. I buy it. I buy the already <laughs> pre-made crusts. <laughs> Yeah, don't blame me for that. <laughs> yeah, I I am not. My mom is makes such delicious pies, and uh, I I just I can never seem to get it right. So uh, I'm with you there on that. <laughs> uh, well, that sounds like fun. Is how long have you and your husband been married? Be fifty two oh, years my. this year. Yeah, 52 years. And I don't know where those years went. It's just unbelievable. You know, to think all that time passing. Congratulations. That's amazing. That's a, that's a great accomplishment. Uh, well, how did you get started writing? What was it that kind of got you interested in, uh, in that field? Well, 
I've always wanted to be a writer. I've always been a storyteller. Even as a young child, I would go to bed at, and to go to sleep, I would make up stories in my mind. But I'm dyslexic, and uh, they didn't know how to uh, deal with that when I was growing up. So um, I didn't learn to read until the fifth grade, and I always mm. struggled in school. And I feel fortunate to have graduated. I can remember uh, in the third grade, the teacher telling my mother, uh, Debbie's a nice little girl, but she's never going to do well. And, you know, it was kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And uh, I married as a teenager, and Wayne and I had the four babies, and I, I kept this dream, and the only way I can think to describe it, Rachel, is if you burn yourself, you know how it throbs with pain? You know? Yeah. And every time I thought about being a writer, I throbbed with joy. There would be like this happy anticipation that came over me. But you know, because of that background, because I had such a negative school experience, uh, I was afraid. I was really afraid to do it. And, and then um, after about 10 years after Wayne and I had been married and we had the four babies, uh, I had a cousin I was very close to that I grew up with. I mean, we went to the same school, the same church, we all vacations and holidays together. And he died of leukemia. And it was as if God was saying to me, if you're ever going to make this leap to be a writer, you need to do it now. There's a story I tell at writers' conferences, and really it's apropos to anybody in life, where I was uh, in the hospital and I couldn't find where I was connected to another hospital, another uh, the cancer center, and I couldn't find my way there. And I stopped the doctor and I said, how do I get from here to there? And he said, so easy. You just go down the hallway, take the first right, go all the way to the end and walk through the doors marked absolutely no admittance. <laughs> and that's kind of what we have to do when we're following our dreams. We have to be able to find the courage to walk through those doors. Mm -hmm. That's a great story. Wow. That's really cool that, uh, you know, because there's a lot of people that have, uh, you know, learning challenges and other things, and they, it can be very discouraging. And so to hear your story that uh, you know you were a late reader and here now you've written over 200 novels and are this great success i think that's that's an incredible story i think it's kind of god's sense of humor that he takes somebody who couldn't read and makes him a best-selling <laughs> author yeah, i think so <laughs> i think that's great wow that's really cool uh once you started reading did you have sort of uh favorite authors that you that you loved as a, as a child um well, here's another great story. Uh, when I was a little girl, the very first time I can ever remember holding a book, I was about four years old and my mother took me to the library and this was in Yakima, Washington. And she said when the librarian handed me the book and it was the very first book I'd ever held because all I'd had to that point were the golden books, you know? Mm -hmm. She said I grabbed hold of it with both hands and put it right next to my heart. And from that moment forward, even though I couldn't read, I would take a book to bed with me. I had to have something with me in bed, a magazine or a book. Now, you know, that's pretty great. But this, the really great thing is that the librarian was Beverly Clary. No way. Yeah. So I, you know, I, um, I read the classics. I read um, uh, a lot of teen books and stuff, but I don't really remember the authors. And I know that sounds awful. I'm, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> oh, no, that's interesting. Uh, so what, what was the first book that you ever wrote? What was, what was that like? And how did you kind of finally do it? Okay, this is kind of a fun story because remember, I, at the time I started writing, it was in the late 70s, and it was a rented typewriter on our kitchen table that I moved at mealtimes. And uh, I thought, I, I don't, actually, I don't know what I thought, but I assumed that as soon as I sat down at that keyboard and that the stories would just magically you know, go from my mind to the, the to print, you know, that yeah. would, just, the, the, would just flow naturally. And I just stared at that blank page and it, it just this horrible fear. I remember the first day, I mean, I was just like paralyzed. And then I thought, okay, uh, where do I start? How do I start? So I took three books and they were romances that I loved and I had read again and again and again. One of them I had read so often I'd memorized the first page. And I sat down and I dissected those books. I went through them scene by scene, chapter by chapter. And that's how I learned the structure of a novel. I learned how to introduce character, how to bring a backstory, how to start a chapter, end a chapter, point of view. Uh, that was really my education was, it was dissecting those three books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a ton of sense. What was your first uh, bestseller? Um, well, I'm one of those slow build ones. The first New York Times uh, bestseller that I had was called Promise Texas. And that was at least 20 years into my career. Uh -huh. Yeah, that must have been a, a, an exciting moment for you. Yeah. Oh, it was. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes, it was. We, um, my husband uh, got me a gold bracelet and I bought a grandfather clock because it was all about timing. Ah, that's so cool. Wow. You have such kismet in your life. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Uh, so would you describe yourself as a pantser or a plotter? Oh, definitely a plotter. Yeah. Definitely a plotter. Because that is the gift. I mean, yeah. that's part of being dyslexic is having that creative mind. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I said, I've been creating stories from the time I was eight years old. And um, I had to learn to be the writer. And it was, it's, it, I have a theory about writers, Rachel. So let me tell you my theory. Yeah, please. First of all, there's three different kinds of writers in the world. There are the writers like my friend, Linda Miller. That girl can spin words like I, nobody's business. Yeah. I mean, she can create the most beautiful word pictures that you can imagine. But she had a very hard time telling the story. She would get so caught up in the beauty of her words. But once her storytelling ability matched her writing ability, she sold. And then there's people like me. I was a natural born storyteller, but I didn't know how to write. So once I learned to, because words just get in the way, I want to tell the story. I don't want to yeah. stop and describe things. So once my uh, writing ability matched my storytelling ability, that's when I sold. And then the third person is, is one of those very gifted people who possess both. The ability to weave words and the ability to tell a story. And they almost always sell quickly. And they're almost always one book wonders. Because they don't, have, they don't know what they did right. And right. all this pressure is put upon them to uh, do it again. And they don't know. They, they, they don't have that foundation of rejection and learning and trying again. And 
uh, and you, you know, I can name a dozen authors I know that are one book wonders. They may have published other books after that, but they would never achieve the level of success that they did in the first book. Like Harper Lee or someone like that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but I like the fact that it seems like you took your dyslexia and you actually made it a strength, something that actually helps your writing become stronger. And I think that's a, a really important lesson that, that we can all we can all use is that whatever, who we are, uh, the pluses, the minuses, all the different parts of us, we can use that to be a strength in our lives. You are so right, Rachel. And when I talk to kids that are dyslexic, I tell them, you have a gift. And when you find what that gift is, you will soar. You mm -hmm. will soar. That's great. I love that. Uh, so what is it about romance that you especially uh, are drawn to, you think? Well, I think all of us, um, well, I don't know about everybody, but I am one of those people that I am the eternal optimist. And I just, I, I guess I have, I live life uh, like an idealist too. I expect happy endings. I don't, if I'm going to invest in a book and it's gonna, I want to come away feeling good. I want a happy ending. And I found those in romances. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to uh, create stories that would, when people put it down, they were filled with hope and inspiration and uh, a willingness to face whatever there was in their lives with a new um, attitude. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like too. Yeah. That's really good. Uh, so do you think it, is it easier to write in a series or a standalone novel? Uh, I, I don't have a, a, a real opinion on that. I've written many standalone novels and mm -hmm. I've written many series. I will tell you that, uh, the series, uh, usually get the best attention, you know, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so the first book that was adapted into a movie uh, for Hallmark, at least, is uh, Mrs. Miracle. Mm -hmm. And so how did you get the idea for that character? And was Doris Roberts similar to what you were thinking of? Oh, she was perfect. Yeah. She was perfect. I got the idea, believe it or not, from scripture. From ah. Hebrews 13, 2, where it says, don't be afraid to entertain strangers, for in doing so, you have entertained angels unaware, meaning that the people that you are helping could actually be an angel, or the pieces for people that you are inviting into your life could actually be an angel. Mm. So, are, uh, are you a big Christmas person? I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. We're talking like six Christmas trees in our house. <laughs> I even have a tree in my yarn room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> you might have guessed, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you have a whole yarn room just for your... Oh, yes, yeah. yes. It's actually two, one in each house. <laughs> oh, wow. That's funny. <laughs> uh, all right, well, so you might not know, Trading Christmas is my favorite Hallmark movie. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. I yeah. have got a great story about that yeah. title. Oh my goodness, you will love this. Okay, I originally titled the book uh, Trading Christmas. And uh, the marketing department came back and said, no, we don't like that title. And then, I, you know, to this day, I don't remember what that title is. It, it was published with that title. When Hallmark picked up the book as a movie, 
they said, we don't like this title. We want to call it Trading Christmas. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that That's really funny. And I, I just really love it. I love how it tells three uh, three love stories. You got three couples. And I think that uh, the uh, each couple has like a compelling backstory and compelling motivation. The characters are really fleshed out. Uh, and uh, and I think that they grow through the, they're very dynamic characters. They grow. And I don't know, I just, I think it's so charming. I, I have read the book uh, and I, I love the movie. And uh, so, yeah, it's just, it's my it's really fun. And I feel like it's really about like adults uh, that are like fully fleshed out characters, which I appreciate. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It was one of my favorite books to write. Uh, yeah. And I was wondering, so that the, we have the author who's kind of stuck in his, uh, his book. He can't figure out how to, how to kind of end the book. He's struggling with the character uh, that he's, his, uh, his ex fiance uh, is in the book and I was curious if any of that kind of came from from personal experience as far as just being stuck in a book and not not being able to kind of finish it and and not know how to finish it well um I, I don't believe in um uh writer's block mm. because what is what writer's block really is is your subconscious telling you there's something wrong with the story yeah. You just need to go back and figure out what it is. And as soon as you do, then the story will flow. There's just something in the story that isn't ringing true. Now, Shauna was telling me that you are a big believer in writers groups. Is, is that helpful to? It certainly was when I was starting out. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and plotting groups are a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. To get an idea kind of where to go if you're stuck in a story. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I've called upon my friends many times. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. The way that, uh, the way that faith in the uh, story, the way that she, I like the fact that, you know, she's, she tells them your character, she's evil. It makes the whole, it makes the whole story feel inauthentic. If, if the lead character is with this, this, evil woman who has no redeeming qualities at all and uh, that whole dynamic between the two of them i think really works ah thanks yeah it's really good uh so cedar cove uh how did you get the idea for cedar cove and uh, and that whole series how'd that happen oh this is you know all of these are interesting stories um, I had written a series books that were set in Alaska and Texas and North Dakota. And even now, 20, 25 years after those books were published, even today, I get mail about these books. And the, the yeah. readers didn't want to let go of the characters. And neither did I. The hardest book of any series to write is the last one because yeah. you're saying goodbye to the characters. And the readers have actually influenced my career in more ways than I can even tell you, but this is a really good example. I mean, the cookbooks too are a good example because every time I put a recipe or I mentioned a food in the Cedar Cove series, I, my office would be flooded with mail. People say, would you mind sharing that recipe? And I saved the letters. I took them to my publisher and I said, this is what the readers are asking for. 
And it was Mira at the time. Mira had never done a nonfiction cookbook. I mean, they just didn't do nonfiction books. And it hit the New York Times list. I mean, and that was all from reader feedback. And so when I realized that the readers didn't want to let go of the characters. Now, see, because I'm a plotter, when I plotted the Texas series and the Alaska series, I wrote the synopsis for each one of those books. So I knew every scene of every book for six books. And, wow. it, you know, I did all the prep work before, and then I just wrote like crazy. So you knew book. not only the end of the book, but you knew the end of the series. Right. Right. It had an arc. It was, it was, I mean, I spent weeks doing that. And so when it, when it came to the Cedar Cove series, I didn't know how many books were going to be in that series. I knew the readers didn't want to let go. So I just told myself, I will write the stories until they're all told. And it was the readers that inspired it. Now, well, how got to be put in Port Orchard is kind of a funny fluky thing, which is Port Orchard is where Wayne and I've lived for 30 years. And um, when I would, the hardest thing to do in a series is rem remember where I put everything, you know, where the drugstore is and where the cafe is in relationship to everything else. So I thought, I'll just put it in my hometown here because I know where everything is. <laughs> it worked really well. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> You know, it seems so obvious to do that kind of planning as far as your series goes. So many, I think, forget that and are just, and I don't know if it's just that they're almost, they're not really planning on it being a series. They're thinking it'll just be a standalone and then it becomes a series. And so then it kind of gets out of control. But yeah, there's so many where you get to the final book and you're like, oh, <laughs> that wasn't very good. The payoff wasn't very good. I mean, even just the recent Star Wars movies. <sighs> You could tell they did not have a plan. Oh. And so it's it was frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Very, very frustrating. Or they go on, I think, longer than they had planned. They extend it. And so then, I don't know, things get messy. So, yeah. How did you feel when you, about the whole Cedar Cove show? And how do you feel about that, that adaptation? I thought they did a really excellent job. I was very pleased with it, the actors and, uh, you know, every aspect of it. They, mm -hmm. they, um, I, we had a wonderful showrunner, uh, Sue Tenney, who, uh, you know, it didn't always adhere to the books, mm -hmm. but that was fine. I had a movie, one movie before Hallmark started uh, uh, producing my books into movies. And, uh, you know, I have no idea why they ever bought the book because it was nothing like the story. The only thing I could relate to was the characters' names. And I was so upset and I was complaining to my husband who has a very succinct way of explaining things to me. And he went, Debbie, the check cleared. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, when you sign that contract, you are giving them and they can do whatever they want. Right. Still must be kind of hard, though. <laughs> it is hard to look over and see them twist your baby, but that's yeah. all right. You know, the check cleared. <laughs> right. Yeah. What can you do? So, uh, yeah. Uh, so when you are writing, do you ever think, do you ever imagine different actors playing, playing different roles? I don't. Yeah. I don't at all. The yeah. Characters are just people in my mind, you know. Yeah. Unique people. just wandering around my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. 
so how do you stay motivated to keep writing? And does it ever, do you ever just like, I'm, I think I might be done. I, uh, how do you stay kind of energized? Well, usually I just joke around and say it's a house payment that keeps me right. <laughs> That's not true at all. <laughs> That's a motivation. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I love what I do so much. I felt blessed every single day when I sit down at this computer. You know, I have stories to tell and I, I think I'll probably die with the book in progress. Yeah. That's, well, that's great. Do you have a favorite uh, of, of your novels? Well, right now, currently right out now, it's called A Walk Along the Beach. And it is really the book of my heart dedicated to one of my very best friends, another writer who died uh, two years ago from cancer. And, you know, I would say it is my favorite book because, you know, I've had a very long history. There are lots of favorite books, but the book that's out right now really is close to my heart. That's great. Well, we'll have a link down in the description if people want to check that out. Uh, so we like to end with just some fun questions, okay. silly questions. So here we go. What is the best ice cream flavor? You know, I like rum raisin. Oh, yum. All right. What is your favorite color? Yellow. Always been yellow from the time I was in first grade. Everything was yellow. The sky was yellow. The flowers were yellow. I'm, I guess it's because I'm a bright person. You know, yeah. Like yellow. Yeah. Still yeah. now. Very good. Okay. Uh, what music are you listening to right now? Are you, are you into? Uh, 70s. Uh -huh. 70s. Uh, Wayne and I had 70s music on the other day. We were just dancing around the living room, you know. <laughs> Like the Carpenters and stuff like that. Carpenters, yeah. BGs, you know, Billy yeah. uh, yeah. Joel, all of yeah. great, you know. Sounds good. All right. Uh, what is your go-to date night food? Popcorn. Oh, yum. I love pop. I'm a popcorn fanatic. We have one of those commercial popcorn poppers in both houses, and, and we have a suite at the Seahawks, and we have one there, too. I am a popcorn fanatic. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so what is your go-to date night activity when we're not in quarantine? Oh, just listening to music and dancing with Wayne, uh, you know. That sounds fun. Uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. Okay. Beaches or mountains? Well, you know, since I live in an area right now where our home here is on Hood Canal, so we're on the water, but I can see the mountains. So, it, you know, if I would stay on the, on the beach, but I love to look at the mountains. The best of both worlds. Yes. Uh, very good. Okay. Would you rather be in a fancy dress or sweats? Well, I'm mostly in sweats. So I, let's just say sweats. <laughs> good. All right. Uh, what is your favorite holiday? Christmas. Christmas. Yes. Okay. And last question. You can use one of, one of your own. What is your favorite Hallmark movie? This is Miracle because uh, it is one of my own and I'm sorry to say that because it sounds like I'm bragging but it was the very first one and it was a magical moment, an angelic moment yeah. to meet Doris Roberts and to uh, be her friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a lot of people's favorites. It's, it's a classic. I, I love it too. So very good. Well, you passed the test. <laughs> uh, thank you, Rachel. You're such a fun person to talk to. Oh, this was a treat for me. I I really enjoyed getting to know you and talk to you. And it's a very inspirational story. I think it would give anybody who's 
frustrated that uh, you know, they have dyslexia or any number of challenges and to be able to come out and hear your story and, and know that uh, there can be really great things ahead, I think is awesome. And so thank you so much. And uh, do you have any, any social media or website or anything like that that you want to share? Oh, of course. Uh, I'm all over the place. You can, <laughs> my website is DebbieMayCumber.com. Uh, you know, I'm on tweet. I'm on Twitter. I'm on everything that you can think of. Facebook. I'm there. You can't, you know, don't even try to hide from me because I'll find you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we'll have all that in the description section as well. Make sure you're all following Debbie and checking out what's the latest book again? The, a walk along the beach. Walk along the beach. Check out Walk yes. Along the Beach. And thank you so much again. I really appreciate uh, you oh, coming on and talking with you, us. Rachel. I am <laughs> blessed. And God bless you too. All right. I'd like to thank Debbie for coming on the podcast. This was really a thrill for me. I really enjoyed talking with her. And so please uh, subscribe to all our content, check out her book, and you can make sure you're following us at the Hallmarkies Podcast, at Hallmarkies Pod, Hallmarkies Podcast, all over social media. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. It really helps us out a lot. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. It helps us out a lot. And you can follow me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. I'd really appreciate checking that out. We have our patron group, which has been having so much fun lately. And you get into our special Facebook group. And we have lots of fun conversations about all of our interviews and all of everything that's going on. So please, please check that out. We also have our watch-alongs. And then we have our merch store, which has tons of fun Hallmark-inspired merch. So please check that out as well. So thank you so much to Debbie. This was great. And I will talk to you all later. Bye, everyone.